It was a great episode. This really makes me want to spin off of the Mitchum Brothers. I could watch them. <laughs> so good. Hi, and welcome back to a podcast above a convenience store, Talking Twin Peaks. I'm Joe Fremming from the Joe Down. With me, as always, is Paul Muad'Dib from Cast That Movie. Paul, how are you doing? He's dead. <laughs> Dirty bearded men in a room. <laughs> Dirty bearded men in a room. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, and we, I'm, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, what, what are you doing? I'm trying to get home. We're already late. We're late for dinner. It's way past 6.30. Why is this happening? I saw that gun go through the window. Her uncle is joining us. She hasn't seen him in a very long while. We're late. We got miles to go. Please, we have to get home. He's sick. <laughs> that's oh, all. That, that's, that's, all a, that's a Karen on steroids, isn't it? It really, 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 really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, we're talking uh, Twin Peaks, The Return, uh, Part 11. Uh, there's fire where you are going. Uh, this is another uh, episode pushing the narrative forward. Uh, strangely enough, we don't get any Mr. C in this one. No, no, we do not. Uh, which was interesting. Um, but uh, um, yeah, uh, this still moved the story a lot, didn't it? Yeah, it spent a lot of time in Twin Peaks, which was kind of nice. Uh, not nice for uh, poor Becky, Shelley, and Bobby, but still, uh, this is probably the most we've had of Twin Peaks in a lot, and mo- almost all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah, I completely agree with that. I this was very, I felt Twin Peaks centered, except for a few things in Buckhorn. Yep. And yep. Las Vegas. <laughs> the Vegas at the end. This is a, I love the ending of this episode. But before we get there, uh, we have to spend some time in Twin Peaks. Uh, as the episode opens, we got some kids playing catch. <laughs> and uh, uh, they come across a beaten up and bloody Miriam. <laughs> yeah, she lived. She doesn't have an eye, but she lived. And <laughs> how far did she crawl? Yeah, I mean, you know, an eye patch will take care of the, the eye thing. But yeah, she's uh, it. She survived. Uh, Richard's plan didn't. I mean, he turned on that gas. I, I think he assumed that if you just keep gas on, something's going to explode. But uh, it needs something to ignite it. So, uh, but we have never accused of uh, Richard Horn of being bright. No. No, he's not, and we'll learn more of that. But yeah, we know he's not bright. <laughs> he's a, I, I, I can't wait till we get more into that. You know. Yeah, I do. Well, it's nice to see because uh, <clears throat> we've had some pretty traumatized. Last episode was pretty traumatizing with the dead, the citizens of Twin Peaks. Uh, you know, Miriam for one. Uh, uh, Sylvia and Johnny Horn. <laughs> so it's nice to see at least, at least she's bloody and beaten, but she's alive. And she, that's, that's not good for Richard. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's not good for Richard at all. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I, uh, um, I, I like, he's in trouble. <laughs> he's going to be in some serious trouble. But, you know, we don't know where he is. We haven't seen him, right? We have not caught up with Richard since he knocked off his grandma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. And so we now go back to Fat Trout Trailer Park. Uh, Becky is, uh, she's freaking out. She's mad at Steven. Mm-hmm. She's pissed at Steven, um, which I, I, you know, at first I thought it was about, you know, we saw Miriam and I was like, okay. And thought she was, uh, about Miriam. Right. And, uh, um, no, no, we find out that, um, that she's pissed. She calls, um, um, her mom, uh, Shelly. Who takes off, man? You know, I let me just say, Norma's the most patient woman of all time. Um, let me let me just say that because there's so many times where like any other boss would have fired the shit out of her, right? Um. So um, I thought that was um, thought that was really interesting. Um, so then we see Becky cuts back to Becky grabbing a gun, and Shelly comes driving up, and. What? She she's on the hood of the car, man. <laughs> I had to laugh my ass off on that. Yeah, yeah. Becky just steals her mom's car. Shelly jumps on the hood to try to stop her. Doesn't work because uh, <laughs> Becky uh, uh, fishtails the truck car to an extent to like whip her off the hood. <laughs> like, oh my god. Uh, yeah. 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 And poor Carl, he sees this. He comes walking over. Carl's sure seen she things. Carl's seen things. <laughs> He's like, uh, well, I think he walks over and the first thing he says is, uh, what the hell? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he lets Shelly know that there's been trouble in the trailer. As he uses his magic whistle to summon his ride, <laughs> right? Yeah, that was that, that was hilarious. He has a hell of an Uber call, man. That was hilarious. Oh yes, very much enjoyed that. And um, then we, uh, uh, he's also got in his magical ride. He's got a CB radio to the police. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, he gets uh, Maggie, uh, once again, the actress is my brother's cousin, <laughs> on the on the horn to Bobby, uh, let him know that Shelly had an encounter with Becky. Mm-hmm. Bobby, she's got a gun, which is, you know, he's law enforcement, even though <clears throat> that one time he killed a cop. He killed a cop <laughs> with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, and then um, then we uh, she just uh, we get back to her at this. What, I, I looked like a house at first, right? Like with the way the angle yeah. was, and we find out it's an apartment building. I thought she went to someone's house, and she's banging on the door, and the neighbor's like, you know, you you can't be here, and um, she okay. shoots the damn. She shoots like she unloads the gun in the door, and then, and then we get a. Get a scene of uh back at the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Office. What address yet? Uh huh. Okay, we got someone coming. Twin Peaks Sheriff's Office. Where you at? Uh huh. We have someone coming, and there's all these calls. Oh my god, I was giggling at that. 
Well, I mean, that's a lot of gunfire going off at once. I mean, I'm sure just about everyone in that building was calling 911, except for the two people she was looking for who are cowering in uh, down the stairs. Where we see Stephen and, for the first time since 1990, Gersten Hayward. Yes. How shocking was that, right? I mean, I mean, I didn't recognize her at first. Um, you know, I think we both talked about this before. We didn't, we didn't recognize her. Um, we had to wait till the credits came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we haven't seen her since she was a little. She was Donna's little sister at yep. that little recital where Leland has his white hair and yeah, yeah, yep. yep. And it and it was um. And not Harriet, not Harriet, the one that helped her sneak out, but the little one, the little, little one. Yep, she played the piano. She played the piano, yep. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Wyatt, how the mighty have fallen. And now we go to Buckhorn, South Dakota, where Cole, Tammy, Albert, Diane, Bill Hastings, and uh, the, the sheriff... Pull up to the creepiest house in the creepiest lot you can oh think God. of in all the Dakotas. Oh, okay. So I want I want to talk about this because just recently I had my wife watch um, John Carpenter's Vampire. Never seen it before. And at the very beginning of the movie, they pull up to this dilapidated house in New Mexico, and they're like, like, uh, well, what do you think this is? It? Yep, this looks like a nest. <laughs> Like, it's just as bleating down. That's exactly what that reminded me of. Was like, ooh, nothing good is going to come from this property. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we find this is, uh, well, well. first they ask uh, Hastings uh, how, this is where he saw Briggs. He, he agrees. Uh, then they ask, well, how, do you, how did you get in? <clears throat> so we kind of have a little inkling that, Cole and Albert know exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he walked, he went under the fence, walked 15, 20 feet, and then he blacks out. Uh, and then <laughs> Cole and Albert see a woodsman behind, behind the house lurking oh. about. Lurking, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, right? Yeah. Uh, creepy, creepy shit. And we noticed that. Um, Mackley doesn't see him, but we catch a glimpse that Diane also sees him, right? Yeah. And Tammy doesn't see shit either. Yeah, Tammy doesn't. And this is one of those things where I think you have to have encountered these entities or the, a lodge at some point uh, to see these see these things. Uh, Tammy hasn't, and Mackley haven't. But <clears throat> we know from Diane has a history with Blue Rose. Cole and Albert and Hastings was actually in uh, a lodge or a portal at one point, so he can see them too. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Then it gets we get this weird effect, right? So Cole walks in, and he goes a little bit farther in uh, than Albert, and. We see this whirlwind effect in the sky, and it looks so bizarre, right? Yeah, it's pretty. Tri- it's, it's trippy. It's really, really chip trippy. That's yes, that's the best way to describe it. And um, he uh, uh, he kind of puts his heart, hands up in the air, 
And um, he's walking in place too. Yeah. Like he just kind of stops moving, but his feet are his feet are walking like he's walking, which is so he he hits a portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. He definitely hits the portal, and what he sees, you know, in the swirling and the whirling, and he's um, he sees what I assume is the convenience store. Yes, uh, well, it is. Uh, I'll just confirm that because we see this later with Mister C. It, that is. Uh, I believe one of the ways to get to the convenience store, <clears throat> I think like these things are the convenience store is the meeting place of all these entities from their little worlds. So uh, I think this is one way <laughs> he sees the woodsman. Uh, then uh, Albert sees Cole almost vanishing. So he steps in. So like this gives us an inkling that they've been, this isn't their first rodeo with this sort of thing. Right. That's why he stood back so he could, uh, not allow coal to be consumed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's and yeah, the the way again, this goes back to I wanted to see the Albert Cole files, man. <laughs> that's so brilliant, so brilliant. Yeah. Um, oh, so good, wouldn't it? <laughs> so good, it'd be so good. So yeah, um, uh, he pulls him back, and um. Uh, I forget what he says, but then we get some weird shit. Diane sees the guy kind of sneaking by the car. And <laughs> all of a sudden we hear Mackley go, oh, my God. Um, and that this is as Albert, Albert and Cole are inspecting a, a headless body. body. Yes, which they which they assume, which they know is Rose Davenport. She has the coordinates on her hand. Um um and diane's watching watching this is they're doing this diane's watching this woodsman walk up to the car doesn't say anything (laughs) no no she doesn't say shit right (laughs) bill's head explodes uh yeah And, and the way it does right like that was really good effects like for how hokey some of the effects are um it was it was awesome. I mean, it was a I thought it was a great effect. Oh yeah, it's 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 it was very uh, it's jarring. Uh, we saw in part eight that the woodsmen like to crush heads or at least explode them at some or they just they don't like heads is my is my understanding. Uh, yes, head explodes some, and yeah. calls in for a backup. Mm-hmm. Yes, he calls for backup. To which point, <laughs> Cole makes the obvious statement: "He's dead." <laughs> did, did you catch the address? Sycamore. Yeah. Yes. Twenty-two forty Sycamore. Twenty-two forty Sycamore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So um. So awesome. So awesome. Um. I thought that was a really cool keep up. You know of the uh of it um you know kind of keeping it in that sycamore thing and definitely was symbolic there's no question about it um about it so um then we cut back to the double r and boy it's shit is tense between bobby and shelly isn't it yeah Uh, i mean that's palpable yeah uh these two are not together anymore uh you know doesn't surprise me. 
they weren't very good together back in the original run. So, uh, yeah, but they have a child together. Uh, there are, uh, Bobby had to pull some strings because otherwise Becky would have been arrested. And he tells her that she's going to have to pay for the door that she destroyed with her gun. And she gets all upset about that. Like, why should I have to pay for it? Well, Becky, because you put 10 slugs into it. That was so brilliant, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, she's she's just so obstinate in my mind. You know, she's just so doesn't understand it. Uh, you know, what she's doing. I think that's part of just I think, she, you know, it's the drugs, really. Um, I mean, she's not thinking clearly and, um, uh, you know, she doesn't want to get a divorce cause Bobby's like, you have to get a divorce. Like I didn't, I haven't put him away. I could put him away for so many things, but I've been waiting for you to get your head out of your ass. Basically is what he says to her. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, she doesn't get it. So there's that. Um, and then deja vu red shows up and, oh. and and that's what I'm saying. She brought everyone to okay. Again, Norma is the is an angel, is the patience of a saint. She brought her drama into her job at the double R and then proceeds to leave that drama to make out with a drug dealer, adding more drama, and all Norma's sitting there doing is just checking receipts and just watching. <laughs> it's the most Midwest response, isn't it? Just like that's not my business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. But you can see uh, Becky is, she seems generally concerned because Bobby, you know, uh, he doesn't seem to take this all well, you know. Uh, seems like he still has like some feelings for uh, Shelly. Uh, but luckily his, uh, his depression is cut short as a gunshot goes off from the outside and a bullet Goes into the double R. Holy fuck. And <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, this is, this, I, I, I think there's no question about it. this is, this is David Lynch's view on gun control, <laughs> you know, um, because what occurs here um, is uh, we find out that a redneck dad put a gun in a box and had it in the front seat unlocked. And so the mom didn't know what it was. She moved to the back. Their eight-year-old or six-year-old got a hold of the gun and fired it through the fucking window while they're stopped at a red light. Wow. Did I miss oh. anything on that? Did I miss anything on that, Joe? No, no, that's exactly what happened. Uh, and I was I was happy to see as Bobby runs. He still he still has that gray flannel he had from the original show underneath his leather jacket. Yes, <laughs> man. You know, hey, all the power to him, man. <laughs> yeah, and then we get uh, uh, Officer Holcomb, who's weird. Officer Holcomb's weird, isn't he? Yeah, and we don't get much ex explanation why he's just he's just an awkward dude. A very uh, he awkward. Comes Theater with uh, Truman, which yes. is another <laughs> weird scene. But yeah, he comes and he's like, I was at Big Ed's gas farm. I heard shots. I came here. Like, <laughs> and even Bobby's like, <laughs> Bobby's like, uh huh. <laughs> you, you, you sure did. 
Oh, and I do like uh, Bobby looks at the kid who shot shot the gun, and he's just like <laughs> little little dickhead. <laughs> looks like a he's giving him like a tough look, like he doesn't give a shit that he shot a gun. <laughs> yeah, like a little Damien. Go- yeah, not even that. He's not like he's just like a cocky little shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, yeah, what are you going to do about it, Luck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was so great. It, I, I loved it. I, I thought that was kind of just kind of an interesting thing. And the whole thing. And then you get the girl throwing up. Now, this is where um, this is where I thought, um, you know, where the where the drugs were going to come into play. You know what I mean? Um, because, uh, it was, uh, um, that just that scene, it was like a zombie with the, with the, with the girl sick throwing up. Right. See, my view is like, I talked about it a little bit. I think last episode is, uh, the sickness is infecting twin peaks and that girl is kind of like symbolic of that. She's got like the green shit coming out of her mouth and she's like a zombie rising. Like, I don't think that's the drugs. I think that's just the poison of the black lodge and Mr. C being out of it. Now it's spreading into the city and it's spreading into the people of the world. Yeah. You know, and I, and I can, I can follow that now. You know what I mean? I can see where you're coming from with that. And I think it's a great theory um, and a great idea. Cause yeah, I mean, we do know it's all getting fucked up. Right. Yeah. I mean, the girl, she seems a little young for the drugs thing, but the drugs are not helping as we, I've seen with Becky and Steven, uh, the drugs, I think, are are pushing it. Uh, I think, uh, I think, I agree. I think, I, I think the drugs are entwined with it. Like, is part of like this, this poisoning of our world uh, at the hands of Mister C. But Miss, it's just, yeah, it's a jarring scene though. That girl is the vomit. <laughs> it's like the vomit gets on like the old woman's arm and she starts screaming like ah. Ah! Yeah. yeah, yeah, that actress was amazing. Great find by Lynch, by the way. Um, yeah, um, yeah, that whole scene was just like I said, it was weird. I really thought it was going to go somewhere when I watched it for the first time. So, you know, when I watched it this time around, it was like, okay, I get it. All right, cool. Um, yeah, because it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, uh, Sky Fiera's like rashy girl, like something's not right in Twin Peaks, and it's the drugs, I think, and it's just like the, the the sickness is just kind of spreading now, and we'll see it again I, uh, later in another roadhouse scene with a uh, a woman gets sick at the roadhouse and just starts falls to the floor and crawling. Uh, so I think this is all like connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. Um, so. Uh, Yes, I, I follow what you're saying. I'm having again watching it the second time. I I see what what you're seeing there, and it makes total sense to me. So yeah, um, so then we move to we talked about it a little bit. Hawk and Frank are looking over the the coordinates of where or the destination you know that Major Briggs gave them and where um Jackrabbit um Jackrabbit Palace is. And um, Hawk has this map, and he makes the comment that it's a living map, that it's always changing. I thought that, why did we not know about this map 25 years ago when they're looking for fucking Owl Cave? 
They didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love. I think, uh, and I think the horse that Michael Horse didn't make that map for the show uh, with with Lynch's input because uh, you have to add some of that stuff. But I think he he's he made that. I believe I could be wrong. Oh, but I cool. think I read that he actually made that. Uh, the map is cool. Uh, so Truman and him are going over it, and uh, yeah, it's it's a trippy concept. Like it's always changing. So like I'd like to imagine like he opens it up and things shift. Again, he's not telling anybody because they've never asked him. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's yeah. It's a good point. Good point. So you get some really interesting takes on it. Um, you got the campfire that represents modern day uh energy such as electricity yes. and, and which you know we know we know what that means and then we uh we, you have the um the corn but it's black so that represents death so when the two are combined it creates black fire which to me means the black lodge yes i agree yep mm-hmm. and then we see the symbol of the card yeah, that, the Judy symbol. I'll the, just yeah, yeah, the Judy symbol. And, you know, we think we're getting an explanation of that. And we hear, mm, nope, you don't want to know about that. <laughs> yeah, you don't ever want to know about that. Like, yeah. that's that's the worst case scenario in Hawk's world. Yep. No, Hawk, I do want to know. I do want to know, Cock. I do. Um, <laughs> nope, you don't want to know. <laughs> Yeah, right. I do want to know. I do want to know. Um, you know. It's like it's like wondering about the dancing butthole and pink flamingos. You just don't want to know. <laughs> it's yeah. it, it happened, and it's there, and you don't want to tell anybody else about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, um, you know, then um, then Lucy uh, Lucy pa- uh, uh, calls uh, tells uh, Hawk that Margaret's on the phone. And you know, it's there's fire where you're going. Yep. And that tells Hawk that what's on the map is what it what it should be. Yep. And this is interrupted by Jesse again because he wants Frank to see his new car. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Do you want to see my car? Do you want to see my car? Um, oh, I'll look at it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll look at I'll look at it tomorrow. I'll look at it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, then we, uh, then that's where we ends that. We get, Gordon's fucked up from that, uh, from that uh, event, right? <clears throat> yeah. His hand, his right hand shaking like how, uh, or not as, I don't know, I don't remember what hand, but it's shaking like uh, in the season two finale when everybody's hand started shaking at the double R. Yes. Yep. I, you caught that too. Okay, good. Um, which pretty much means that you know everyone everyone was in contact at that point in my mind. Um, really interesting. Albert, they have this picture of the of the coordinates. Well, I should get back to yes. Um, um, and um, Diane is reading is memorizing the the numbers, and Albert takes quick note of that yeah yeah this is i think uh the last 
few numbers were blurry on purpose from Albert because they wanted to see how Diane was going to react. Because we last, I think it was last episode, maybe the episode before, they they were aware of her texts with Mister C. Yes. Um. And then it's like he catches her, and he's like, "I know." Fuck you, Albert. And she responds, that's right. Fuck you, Albert. Fuck you, Albert. Never, yeah. That will never get old. Oh, Albert mysteries. Can we have Diane in there, too, just to tell him? Fuck you to both of them throughout. Oh, God. So great. So great, right? Uh, I love I love that dynamic between them. And um, then they talk about how... Um, Cole and Albert saw the woodsman and then Diane said she might have seen them exiting the car and I was like no you saw one entering the car you you liar yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you saw one entering the car you you fucking liar so yeah yeah uh, but then Cole admits he saw he saw them in a room dirty bearded men in a room <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, and uh, that is where they cut there to uh, we get right back at the insurance company and Bushnell calls in Dougie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil has to take him. Yeah, well, he guides him in there with the coffee. I mean, I think uh, he's figured out how to get Dougie to move around. <laughs> Yeah, that was, I love that. And um, <clears throat> so Dougie eventually gets in there. And we find out that through the weird efforts that that Dougie was drawing on those things, he found out that that our, um, that our Mitchum brothers was, was indeed um, needed a $30 million payout. And we learned that he, that he did the old Bushnell double down and took an insurance out on that insurance and made a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand how insurance works, but that seems sketchy as fuck. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, and uh, Dougie righted the wrong on their behalf. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so he's going to, he thinks that, you know, they, that they want to meet him. He says that they, they called, they called looking for him and he's going to send him with the $30 million check and they're going to be super happy. Um, and, uh, we cut to, <laughs> I love these guys. I do. <laughs> Again, I want a spinoff of these guys too. If there's like two spinoffs, Cole and Albert and the Mitchum brothers. Yes. Um, and we see him eating cornflakes. <laughs> Candy comes over. He'll be right out of the bathroom. And... <clears throat> And he tells him that he has a dream about they had a dream about killing Dougie Jones, and he hates that fuck. <laughs> and he can't wait to kill him. And he's like, "Can you wait three hours? Barely." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These guys are just awesome. Um, uh, so yeah, I I fucking love that. Yeah, their interaction between the interaction between those two. Uh, uh, later on, like uh, I think it's toward the end. Uh, and like. It's like, what kind of fucking neighborhood is this when a shootout happens? Like, they just happen to be there. It's, 
is one of the best lines for me. But uh, before we get to that, uh, we got Dougie being let out of the building by Bushnell for his uh, his his encounter uh, with the Mitchum brothers, and we see Mike in a pastry like superimposed over the pastry shop. Yes, and he's waving him into the pie shop, right? And he's like, Dougie, where are you? Bushnell's like, Dougie, where are you going? It's 5.30. Comes out with a giant box, right? Just like comically large. Remind me of the box from Seven. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Especially when they, this ends up in the middle of a desert. Exactly. I was expecting I had or something. <clears throat> something fucked up. That was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Bush will make sure he has the check, uh, and he has his box, and uh, gets him in the limo. The limo driver recognizes him. Red door. <laughs> He's the one who dropped Dougie off after he won. A- he fleeced the Mitchum Brothers' casino. <laughs> oh God! Right? Holy fuck! Where are they going? Uh, where, where were you taking them? What, what did he say? Uh, Stefano's or something? Yeah, it, was like, so it sounds like a nice restaurant or something. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then we get uh, a, a cover of Viva Las Vegas as Dougie's being driven through through the strip. And it's just like, it reminds me just like, yeah, Vegas is such a sleazy town. Like, I've been to those places. I've been to Vegas twice, and it's just, I don't gamble, so it's not a whole lot of... <sighs> It's me, ba- me basically hitting up the cheap buffets. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And uh, so we, 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 we see real quick that that's not where they're going. Right. No, he starts driving out into the desert. Yeah. Where we yep. see Bradley and Rodney in, a car, in their limo uh, talking. And it's funny because now Bradley has the cold feet. He's like, I don't know. I don't know if we can kill this guy. <laughs> where Rodney's like... <laughs> You know, he's like, we got to rid ourselves of this asshole. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> so they're waiting in the desert for him, and they want. Uh, oh yeah, and he they, while, while they're driving while they're driving to the spot, I want to take that back because we do see Rodney and Bradley driving, and he's you know Bradley starts you know I'm just gonna say fucking uh, uh, John, uh, Jim Belushi says. And I had that dream, and your bandage was healed. And he's like, come here. <laughs> it's not a dream. I was like, holy shit, you weirdo. Oh, and now we're seeing, you know, this is him. So the Lodge, you know, in the original run, gave Cooper hints and clues to help him out. And now they're kind of doing it, too, but with, like, two-bit crim- Vegas criminals to keep uh, <laughs> Cooper alive. Um, except the band-aid and the, the cut is fully healed like in uh, Bradley's dream and he's like mm-hmm. he's there there's more but he can't remember it yes he can't remember it is driving him crazy and um, but the, and it, you know he doesn't care you know Bra- uh, 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 Rodney doesn't give a fuck Rodney just wants to kill him right and <laughs> the guy's got so much money <laughs> like, yeah yeah and uh, so eventually they get there, <clears throat> and um, they, uh, the, you know, the the and like Bradley's like, wait, 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 don't go yet, don't go yet. It's like he's got a box. In my dream, he had a box, and he's like, 
if, 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 if what I think is in that box, if it's, you know, what is from my dream is in that box, we can't kill him. And Brody's like, what? Fuck you. <laughs> He's just like, this is batshit talk. He's like, it's one in a million. It's one in a million. And um, so, um, you know, he um, he's like, but if it's in there, it's in there. And he whispers to him. And Rodney looks like he's just going to walk up and shoot him, right? Yeah. And no, what? What? go for it. What's in the box? <laughs> Rodney walks up and he's like, is that a cherry pie? To which Cooper, who you know, is suffering from repeating everybody's words back at him says cherry pie and bradley's eyes is like it is white as dinner plates he runs over opens the box and lo and behold a cherry pie and <laughs> that changes everything right yeah. and meaning that you know he's not their enemy he, he this isn't his enemy and rodney does the has him frisk him and what do they find joe <laughs> the thirty million dollar check that they were owed from their insurance company, Dougie has pulled through for the Mitchum brothers. Right, so interesting, so interesting, right? And I, I just thought that was that that was great. Like, oh my gosh, how how he does this is awesome. You know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> um, so. They are ecstatic. They got the $30 million. Now they're in love. They wanted to kill him. And immediately Bradley's like, I love this guy. <laughs> and next we cut to the, we, we cut to them. Um, at what I'm assuming is the restaurant they were going to go to in the first place. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the weirdest. There is nothing coming from Dougie at all. And they are just reading a whole bunch of shit from him that's just not there. You know what I mean? It's weird because it picks up mid-conversation about the gym set. So it's almost like Dougie was talking about a gym set, even though we know he wasn't. Yeah. They're, just, they're just talking to themselves through Dougie. <laughs> they have a line where it's like, kid has no gym set, even a fucking orphanage has a gym set. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. And um, then, you know, he hears this music play and he turns over and um, uh, he's looking and we know who that is. That's um, uh, uh, um, what? the old uh, woman who, who uh, she won. Yep. She, her life changed around because uh, he, he pointed her, her in the direction of the, the slot machine that was going to win. Yep. The homeless was, lady. Yeah. When he was fleecing the casino. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, um, it, so, and it, we, he, you know, he's staring at the piano guy, which is Angelo. That's what that's the name I was looking for. That's Angelo. And, you know, they, they bring over this cherry pie, and everyone's loving the cherry pie. You see Dougie light up um, from the cherry pie, and he's, you know, he's almost done, and they're, they're trying to get candy. Candy, where were you? Yeah, Candy, Mandy, and Sandy show up. <laughs> yeah, he's just shoveling that pie in his face, and he's really, he's happy. <laughs> Dougie Jones loves his sweets, is what we're getting. Uh, they're eating the pie, and we get the little bit of fan service here, where uh, <clears throat> Rodney says, damn fine, damn good pie. And then Cooper just 
damn good. Shovels more pie in his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they have another toast. And the, every time he goes to toast, he tries to grab Rodney's drink. And they're like, no, no, Dougie. No, 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 Dougie. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, uh, it's amazing because, uh, you know, uh, I like how Lynch and Frost did this because, uh, you know, the Mitchum brothers weren't very likable characters when we first meet them. And then over gradually over like the as it progresses, like they become like a, a comedy duo at <laughs> that one point when we had uh, Sizemore with them. Yes. <laughs> They're exasperated with candy. And now like we've come full circle where like, you know, these homicidal gangsters aren't that bad. <laughs> no, for homicidal gangsters, they're not bad. So um, I, Plus, I also took care of Spike for him. <laughs> he didn't take care of Mike the Spike for us. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. So awesome. Um, and uh, that's where it ends um and uh we just see angelo playing the sad song on the on, on the on the piano um not the angelo who composes the music it's just uh it's just a piano player no 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 that, no that is angelo that's that, not yeah. angelo Adelamonte. that is not that's what he's credited as i don't believe so is he yeah he's yeah yeah the piano doesn't look there. anything like him <laughs> that's that's who the that's who the piano player is credited as at least in the in the credits i saw yeah uh, i'm looking at the credits for the episode uh... oh no you're smoky right Ma- smoky miles, smoky miles. Yeah. smoky miles my bad Yep. My bad. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, when I first saw it, I thought that too, and then like I got uh, corrected pretty quickly on Facebook. So yeah, no, uh, no. Angelo composed the music, but that guy just he just played it in that. Okay. Scene. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And so. this episode has no in memory of either. Nope. No in memory of. Which is. Which is um, sad, because um, I think there could have been. But yeah, I think it, they chose specific episodes. I think the next one in memory of is going to be one, probably the most tough. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. Yeah, that will be um, that'll be rough. That will be rough. Um, so. Overall, this was a fairly straightforward episode compared to what we normally get. What's your take on it? I like it. Uh, again, it, it's straightforward. Uh, we get a little more info and background on these lodges or portals. Uh, we get, you know, and we're not beat over the head with the information. Like, we can just glean from uh, Albert and Cole's how Albert, let, Albert just let Cole go in and he stood back because he didn't want both of them to get sucked into that thing so we know this isn't the first time they've encountered this on their blue rose cases uh and and except for mike it's there's really not a lot of surreal moments in this for a show that's pretty surreal uh you get the pukey sick girl but that's more uh creepy than weird you know what i mean yes yes yep um yeah it was just i thought it was just a very um 
very you know standard um uh actually very straightforward episode for the most part that's what i thought yeah uh i enjoy it it is moving the plot forward uh <laughs> again uh the highlight for me is uh, the Mitchum brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, and then <laughs> Candy just gra- trying to grab her attention for the pie. And she's just, she's as spaced out as Dougie is, and which is like a funny, just <laughs> he's sitting there staring off into space while three women behind him are doing the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was it was it was funny. I I loved it. I that that, that whole side of the table is just um, you know out of their mind, and it's like everything's just being um, moved forward by them talking to themselves through Rodney and Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. Overall, I enjoy it. Uh, it's not my favorite episode of this run, but uh, it has its moments I enjoy a lot. Yes, agreed. Um, agreed. Um, it was, uh, it, 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 not again. Yeah. Not the greatest, but, um, <clears throat> was very, I enjoyed it. Right. Uh, I, I thought it was moving everything forward. Um, super interesting. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I have to you know, say that that's the case. And I think next one is the one that I think is, um, uh, is, uh, I mean, I, I know that when this when this particular episode came out, episode um, eleven, people thought it was a lot of meandering, and they felt the next episode was a lot of meandering as well. We'll get to that, um, but I am really looking forward to the next episode and discussing it. It's actually things I really like in that episode. I don't know why people thought it was meandering, um, because I thought there was a lot of development in that. That that's me. That's me. I just think people aren't used to Lynch's pacing. So they mm-hmm. think a lot of this is moving slowly. And it's just this, this is like, if you, if you're familiar with his movies and stuff, it, this is more par for the course. Uh, the original run of Twin Peaks being a little more snappy and stuff. Uh, that was kind of more strange for Lynch than anything. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And I, I there's I don't want to get into it ahead of time because I do remember the next episode. I do remember episode 12 because um, there was uh, two big things that happened in that episode that made me remember it. And I think, you know, the two things I'm talking about. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, obviously I know because I've seen it before. <laughs> 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 All right. And with that, uh, that's the end of a there's a fire where you are going. Part 11 of The Return. All right, Paul, what do you have coming up? Um, so as we talked about, um, we're going to be starting the second season of um, Cast That Movie. Uh, so we'll be doing our longer, long form, uh, once a month for version of it. So expect about a three hour, two, three hour long episode. Uh, we're going to shoot for about three. Um, so, you know, you may have to listen to it on a, maybe more than one walk. Uh, we'll see how that goes for a little while. Um, um, you know, uh, what about you? What do you have going on? Uh, it's still Halloween month for the Joe down. Uh, we just watched uh, 1978's original Halloween movie. Always, uh, it's always a blast. Uh, John Carpenter, is, uh, as Brown pointed out, he's on our Mount Rushmore for the Joe Down. It's uh, Car- John Carpenter, 
John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, and Tommy Wiseau. Oh God! Oh, that's a that's a hell of a group there. Isn't it though? Isn't it great? <laughs> it's, isn't it something? Isn't it something? Oh. So yeah, I um um and then you know we uh we do uh, uh beers, beats, bobbleheads together as well with uh, with Scott. Yep. Yep. Uh, what episode's coming out this week? Uh, I, I remember recording it. <laughs> uh, let me see. I think it's a uh, booze cruise comes out this week. Booze cruise, I believe, comes out this week. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Michael. You know, he's on medication. You know, vomicillin. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was, uh, it was something. Um, so, um, and, uh, then, yeah, so we'll be doing that one. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot. Sorry, I, I, I don't mean to be spacey. I just, this episode was, like, the most normal episode we've had in a while, I think. Yeah, it's throwing us through a loop. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we're able to figure out right away, like, okay, that's a portal to a lodge. You're at the convenience store, all that stuff. So, you know, I mean, we could obviously wonder why. I mean, I guess let's 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 talk about this for a second. Why do you think they killed Hastings? Uh, that's a good question. I don't see, I don't see there being a good reason for that, uh, considering he's already uh, showed uh, FBI who's investigating these worlds anyway where to find them. So that was just like it. To me, that was a weird choice, narratively speaking. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I, I was recalling my mind. I was recalling the conversation that um, Hastings was telling Tammy in the prison. You know how there was a lot of guy. There was a lot of people there, and <clears throat> they were, you know, they were killing them. I think <clears throat> that this has a lot to do with. These are Mr. C's accomplices in a way. They're kind of working with Mr. C and keeping the chaos. That's how I'm viewing it because of, you know, they already came and basically saved Bob. And um, um, that anyone that was associated with that place um, and could tell the secrets of it, they were going to kill. Yeah. But Cole kind of saw that place. <clears throat> you know, it's, again, it's a, it's a, it was a weird narrative thing. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, I think it was a really cool shot, really interesting shot. But yeah, I'm, if they were going to kill Hastings to prevent that from being exposed, they probably should have done it in the prison. Because we saw the woodsman in the prison in, like, episode one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. That's true, we did. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Um, yeah, it's a weird narrative for sure. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll never know. We will uh, never know. But, you know, it's not, it's not, not everything Lynch Frost does has made sense. I mean, remember the, the world's worst business deal with Ghostwood? <laughs> I do remember the world's worst business deal with Ghostwood. So, yeah, there is that. <laughs> Investors on property you don't even own. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you got a you got a good point. You got you got a really good point there. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. That that's that's all I could think of was that one was why was why I think the uh, the Hastings was killed. So, that's me. Yeah. All right. Anything else, sir? That is it. Again, this was like a pretty straightforward uh, episode, which is kind of strange. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets str- it gets weird again, uh, especially when we get get into Audrey, Audrey and Charlie. That's uh, I think two episodes away. Uh, Audrey, no, Audrey's not two episodes away. Uh, it's next episode. It's next. That's why I was saying it's one of the episodes I remember. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, other than that, that's all I got. Well, I guess that's it for this our episode. I'm Joe Freming from the Joe Down. Yeah, you are once again Paul Muadib from Cast That Movie. And until next time, let's rock.